0: Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. You ready for the win? Awesome, awesome. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you open them up? Um, we're going to start in the book of Genesis in the beginning. And I hope you're enjoying our series on TikTok right now, which obviously we're talking about what it means to follow Jesus. We're talking about the pace of following Jesus. We're talking about some of the things that we can do to be able to, uh, I guess, as, as disciples, follow him. I love last week how we spent some time in John 15. And we talked about the importance of abiding in him. I'm not too sure about you guys in your church at home, or certainly in mine. Um, I made scones last week, and they did not look like scones at all. They were, they were terrible, actually. They looked like rock cakes and scones. Uh, I, I thought I'd give it a crack, but I just, my church at home guys were so, so kind and so nice to me. They were very, very, very giving. But we had this best discussion around what it meant to be grafted into the vine, what it means to indeed bide and remain in Him. Wow to produce fruit from the vine. And it's spectacular. And this morning, we're going to move into, next couple of weeks, we're going to move into a place where we're going to talk about some practices of following Jesus. Because here's the thing, I'm, I'm convinced that there's lots of professing Christians, but not necessarily, particularly in the Western world, in the Western church, many or as many practicing Christians. And I want to make some very clear distinction here. Practicing things does not necessarily get you saved. The thing we're going to talk about here today won't necessarily be the gateway to salvation. And Jesus actually came and actually spoke to some of these things where he said, hey, don't get misguided, don't get confused by the practices because I'm going to love you regardless of what you practice. But here's the thing. I actually believe that as as Christians we're called to be practicing and we're going to speak into a a topic today that's perhaps going to be a little bit challenging for some. You went really, really quiet just for a second. (laughs) I want to to be a good pastor out here today and that says, I want us to be challenged by the word. I want us to be challenged by the truth. I don't want to necessarily build a church where I tickle your ears and make you feel good and happy. And look, that's a good thing to happen, but I want you to be stirred. I want you to be indeed like the, uh, the Romans 12 kind of character where you're not conformed by the patterns of the world, but you're transformed by the renewing of the mind. You're transformed by the truth of his word. And again, we don't want to have flimsy, backbones Christians that literally move from the left to the right every time a new wind comes in. We want to be founded in the word of God and founded in truth. And so we're going to speak into some practices that I believe is going to be helpful. And today I'm going to speak into the topic of the Sabbath, the Sabbath. I was with um, Reese and Ali on Friday and uh, we had, I had lunch together with them and um, oh, they, they, they organized for me to have Lebanese chicken. I thought, if you want to be able to look after me as your pastor, put on some Lebanese chicken and you're going to go a long way to make me happy. But they, yeah, they put me in some Lebanese chicken and we started talking about um, the power of the Sabbath. And they are actually a lot further along the journey than I am. Can I, can I be honest with you as a pastor right now? I'm only sort of on the. I'll say I'm in the beginning days of understanding and truly practicing the Sabbath in the way it's designed to be, and I want to be vulnerable here with you because it's something that, as I read the book which we referred to on the very first series, the ruthless elimination of hurry, when we referred to that, there was this teaching that just like jumped off the pages to me, where God spoke to me and said, "Dan, there's a better way," and without getting legalistic or without getting all you know heavy. There was this place where God was outlining and so said, Dan, there's a better way. And I believe there's some, some things that I can help us here with today where we can walk out of this place, hopefully with some teaching, we're going to do some teaching today, and then also have some revelation that can be applied into your lives. Because as I've discovered the rhythms and the patterns of Sabbath, it is it is changing not just a day of my week, it's in changing everything. And this idea of abiding in him and actually finding peace within him, I tell you what, it has been revolutionary for me. Most of you guys know me. I'm a a go, go, go kind of person. And God was actually saying to me, Dan, I I, I love who you are and what you're doing, but you've got to be able to find the rhythms. You've got to find the the rhythms of grace that we talked about our very first time. And and, and the Sabbath is a a pattern that is established in scripture for us that is actually, and that's, that's exactly what it is, it's for us. It's a gift for us. And so we're going to talk about that here today. So if you've got your Bibles here today, why don't you turn to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1? For those who don't know what happens in Genesis 1, God creates the earth, um, and he thought it was good. Um, in fact, he thought humans were very good, and it was a, something that he had done. And then we pick up the scripture from Genesis 2, where it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were filled, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh, on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed, everyone say blessed that so God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy he made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation now here we hear a few big words taking place we hear the word that God rested he rests now when you think about this it's kind of as, it's a crazy thought because God is infinite he's not like you and I He doesn't run out of energy. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to think, oh my goodness, what a week I've had. I need a day off. He doesn't need to take holidays. But here's the thing, in God's kindness... In God's goodness, in the fact that he knows that we've been created in his image, he sets up a pattern, he sets up a rhythm for us to be able to identify that, hey, it is good to be able to have your, work, your days of production, your days of doing, your days of having things to be done, but then I want you to be able to make something sacred. I want you to set apart something. I want you to find yourself on a day where you can actually indeed give it to me. Here's some of the arguments I hear in the Western world today. Hey Dan, I'm a I'm an extrovert. I'm speaking right now. I'm an extrovert. I like to be doing things. I like to be in production. I like to be able to get things done. I'm a doer. God rested. Hey Dan, I'm I, I just started up a business and I'm I'm now working six or seven days a week and I have to do these things in order to get the God rested. Hey Dan, like I'm a, I'm a mom with two or three kids and you, you wouldn't even understand the, the demands and the load that I had to do. God rested. Here's the truth. Our lives look different. But the truth, no matter what God says in his voice, is that God rested. I wonder if we can come to a place where perhaps we step back for a second, back from our, our circumstances, and we put first the truth, God rested. God rested. God rested. The second word we see here is that it's been blessed, and we see that it's holy. And this is the original intention. This is this is. Remember, th- things are good in the in the Eden in the Garden of Eden right now. Things things are in God's original intention. This is how He wanted things to be set up. So we see God rested. We see that He's been blessed, and we see it being holy. Think about what has been, been blessed to date in the Bible. We know that in the creation story, three things get blessed. Some of you guys might be thinking what those things are right now. First of all, he blesses the animal kingdom. He says, go and be fruitful and multiply. Next thing he says to humans, again, I bless the human. Go and be fruitful and multiply. So he blesses animals. He blesses the animal kingdom. And then what? He blesses, He blesses the day. It says on the seventh day, it was blessed. God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy. And so we find ourselves here, that a day has actually been set apart. It's been blessed. You know, the word Sabbath, it comes from this word Shabbat. Shabbat, if you're a bit more pronouncing properly. Shabbat. And now the word literally means, hear this, it means to stop and to delight. Stop and delight. Hands up who wants to feel that sense of stopping and delighting. And even as I talk with people, part of their language often is along the lines of, how are you? I'm really busy. How are you? I'm really, really tired, Dan. How are you? I just wish I had more time in my day. And sometimes if we can listen to ourselves, what I believe here and the truth of the word here for us today is that we actually don't need more time. We don't need more money. We don't need more resource. God's, God's not thought, oh my gosh, I've created 24 hours. I was meant to do 26 hours. What have I done here? He actually wants us to flow into his rhythms, into his patterns, whereby indeed there's more stopping rather than doing. There's more delighting rather than that punishment or that pain of carrying the load for us all the time. And so we find ourselves in places where God is indeed saying, I want you to stop, I want you to light. You know, uh, Time magazine uh, brought out this article back in the mid, about five or six years ago. And the question they posed in one of their articles was, who are the happiest people in the whole world? Pretty pretty wide sort of question to ask. And uh, there's over 100,000 people respond to this. And guess what was on the top of the list? What can I tell you? It wasn't a movie star. It wasn't the the richest. It wasn't the people who you would think that from a worldly point of view, hey, they've obtained it all. The people that was on the top of the list were actually deemed to be people who are Seventh-day Adventists. And I thought it was really interesting that a scope this large that we can see Seventh-day Adventists. Now, I'm not actually telling you to go out and practice the Seventh-day Adventist religion because there's a few things that um, that I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Um, however, they had this practice of the Sabbath that has actually become a part of their way of life, part of who they are. And it's interesting to me that they were deemed to be up there, you know, at the pointy end of that list. What was also interesting in this article that then flowed on the fact that this there was a, they looked at the average lifespans, and ten years longer than everyone else. Guess who was there? Seventh-day Adventists. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a medical kind of guy. I don't necessarily know exactly the correlations there, but it's interesting to me that the average life of a person who perhaps doesn't necessarily practice the Sabbath towards the person who would be quite deliberate in practicing the Sabbath, there's a 10-year difference there. That intrigues you as well? And then I want, to, I want to do the maths. I'm not necessarily a massive mathematician, but I want to do the maths. And uh, I looked at if you practice the Sabbath every day for the average lifespan, guess how long it lasts for? Roughly 10 years. I thought to myself, I think there's some truth in here. I think there's some, some, some help here for us. And this is where God said, I'll bless when you do these things. I'll bless it. Now, some of you guys are thinking probably, <laughs> I'm gonna, if, if, if I get an extra 10 years from Sabbath in one day a week, I'm going to Sabbath three days a week from now on. <laughs> it's like, that's it. I'm not doing any work ever again. And <laughs> Can I just speak to this for a second, actually, the, the, the idea of work? I believe God has called us to work. And the power is in the contrast. The power is in the difference. I don't want anyone walking out here today saying, Oh, Dan told me never to work again. (laughs) No, 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 no. What's God say to to Adam and Eve? Put your hand to work, be responsible, be be diligent in what you're doing. Young ladies, if you're looking for a man who's not working, not studying, not going somewhere, drop him. (laughs) Get rid of him. If he has a problem with that, send him to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to work. Hard. I'm, I'm, I'm all for work ethic. It's, it's, a, it's a gift that God gives us. But um, He's calling us also. He blesses the Sabbath. So God blesses the Sabbath. And the second thing He blesses, or well, the second thing He that is it's holy. And very quickly, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the time. Very quickly, it says basically, this is set apart. Okay. It's set apart. It's sacred. It's elevated. God intended a day. To be holy. To be holy. Now, when I think about this, I think myself, why? Why? Like, well, Pete, come up here. Everyone say hello, Pete. Everyone say hi, Pete. Hi. hi, Pete. Okay, Pete. Let me ask you two questions, all right? First question is, do you think God likes the idea of Sabbath? Yes. Okay. So, if I put God, big green tick. Now, if I was asking you the question. Do you like the idea of having a day off? Do you like the idea of having a bit of time for your soul? Do you like time for your Do you like the idea of, you know, delighting in the Lord and stopping? Do you like like all all those things? Okay. All right. So we've got God, big green tick. We've got humans, big green tick. Everyone say thank you, Pete. And here's the thing I reckon if I went around and surveyed every single person right now, most of you would say yes to both those things. Okay. That sounds right. We understand scripture. We see what it outlines. Most of us are desiring these things. My question then is why have we found ourselves fighting that? It? It's a big question. And as I've thought about this week, I think it's because we've been sold a lie. And not just sold a lie, we believed it. Now, when I say we... I understand that people in this room, and like I said, I was chatting with Reese and Ali, they've got this in practice and they're doing really well. I would say, generally speaking, across the church, this is not something that's necessary. it's In many ways, been forgotten. And my hope and my prayer is that we can come to a place in terms of this sustainability, in terms of this health, in terms of this practicing and following Jesus, we can find ourselves in the rhythms of the Sabbath. Rhythms of the Sabbath. Um, Okay, let's look at the next scripture. When we go to Exodus chapter 20 here this morning, Exodus 20, and um, Exodus 20 is basically the time, and for those who uh, know their Bibles well, a time when uh, Moses, he consecrates himself. He goes up to the mountain. He meets with God. I love this scripture. It talks about the fact that he meets him face to face. And then what happens is that God gives him some tablets, some things to put in his hand. In order for him to then go and deliver them to the Israelites that he was leading during this time. And as a side note, never underestimate the power of climbing the mountain and meeting with Jesus. It'll be the best thing for you, but it'll also give you the things to be able to lead the people around you. Mums and dads, do it for your kids, if not for yourself. Husbands, do it for your wives. Meet with Jesus because in those moments he'll give you the things that are required. He'll show you the ways. And what happens is that uh, Moses has been given these tablets and on these tablets are what we know, now know as the Ten Commandments. And on the Ten Commandments there's things like, um, you, know, you must not have any other God other than me, and don't make yourself an idol, uh, don't steal, and things that you're very well aware, well aware, well aware of. But here's another truth that, as I started thinking about the Ten Commandments, well, first of all, if you were to open your Bible now and look at the list of things here, what's easily the longest one that God outlines? The Sabbath. In fact, if you were to get a pie chart right now, 30% of all the commandments have been made up. I'm doing a lot of maths here for you guys here today. Um, 30% of the the pie chart has been created by and, and makes up by the Sabbath alone. Here's another truth that I found really interesting, is that all the other commandments, none of them have a why attached to it. It doesn't say, Nick, don't go and murder somebody, and here's a really good reason why you should do this. (laughs) It doesn't say, Patrick, don't go and wind up in someone else's bedroom where you shouldn't be, and here's a really good reason why Irene might not necessarily like that kind of thing. (laughs) There's, There's no explanation, it just says, don't steal. Get your hand off things that shouldn't be on. Don't go on murder. <laughs> but then when it comes to the Sabbath, there's this explanation that it's the why attached to it. I actually think it's helpful for us because, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need some why's. And, and, and the truth of the matter here is that we find ourselves here with a, with a why that's sort of attached to it all. And so we see in Exodus 20, verses 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy, it says. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Um, on, it you shall do, sorry, on it you shall not do any work. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that, that, um, that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. Now you can see here, so much of Exodus 20 is actually rooted in Genesis story. We hear at the word that yeah, there, 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 there is rest. We see that the word blessed. We see that the word holy. Now, there's another word in there that I actually really love, and it's the very first word in verse 8. Can you put that verse 8 back up, up on the screen? We got that there? We might not have that there. Um, we can see the... Um, okay, um, have you guys been having the verses? Yeah? Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so we got um, the very first word, says, remember. Remember. I'm not too sure of you, I'm a, I'm a Western Sydney Aussie bloke that forgets things every now and then. Any other brothers out there that forgets things every now and then? Yep, give me some, give me some high fives there, well done. Um, we, we forget things. You look through so many of God's instructions, there is constant reference to the fact of, hey, let's not forget things. Let's put things in its right order. And God is saying here, remember the Sabbath. Find yourself practicing the Sabbath. But then God says in verse 10, if we can go to verse 10, it says, the seventh day, it says, is a Sabbath, who to? Sabbath to the Lord, your God. In other translations, it says that it is set apart for the Lord. So here's the thing. The Sabbath is not just a day off. It's not just a day we happen to go to church even on the side, I, I read some MacRindle research um, which, is a, which is an organisation that basically it's a Christian organisation actually does a lot of research within the church the average practising not just professing the average practising Christian now goes to church once every five weeks can we be a church that's gathered together on a weekly basis it's, a, it's an important thing but it's not necessarily just going to church the Sabbath is actually it's an act of worship it's an act of worship it's an act of worship now if you look at Deuteronomy 5 now. So we've got this word, remember. I'm going to rem, you know what that means. Okay, so um, we see Deuteronomy 5 now. If we go, now, Deuteronomy 5, if I was to set the scene in Deuteronomy 5, basically what's happening here is that um, this is 40 years on from Mount Sinai. This is 40 years on now where there's been a generation that's come and gone amongst the Israelites. And they are literally a stone throws. Throw away from the land of Canaan. They're at the, um, the, the, the banks of the river Jordan. And God instructs Moses to come and basically give a refresher course on the Ten Commandments. And so he comes back again, and these are the things that he actually says. And there's, a, there's one or two subtle changes that I wonder if we can pick it up here today. And it says this Deuteronomy 5 it says, Observe the Sabbath day, keep it holy. As the Lord your God commanded, six days you shall labor and do all your work. I'm not too sure if you saw it there. Anyone see the difference? Now, there's two sort of significant changes here. The first, the tone of it is far more instructional. It's not this idea of, oh, remember it. It's now like, I've commanded you to do it. God's getting far more like on the front foot right now. But like a parent, you know, a parent sometimes, the first time you tell someone to do something, like, you know, off you go, Johnny, off you go. He doesn't do it once or twice. Get over there, Johnny, now! Like, so like that, so It's a bit more of a more directiveness that comes along with it, right? But then this other word that comes up, instead of remember, what's the word? Observe. observe. Now, I looked at what the word observe means in the original Hebrew. The word observe means is basically, it, you would observe in the same way you observe a, a, a public holiday, like Christmas or like, uh, like, like Easter. Now, you know Christmas is coming. You know that Easter is coming. And what do you do? You prepare for it. Sometimes you organise for your holidays, sometimes you organise some dinners, sometimes you organise friends to come over. There is an application here that when you observe it, and what this word observe is talking about is in the same way, observe the Sabbath. Find yourself aware that this is taking place. Find yourself that it's coming up. And then it says, and rest of the test, rest of the command is fairly similar, but then we get to verse 15. It says, and remember that you were a slave in Egypt. Now, very quick history lesson. The uh, Israelites had been in slavery for 400 years. And so the people here was given us their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents. They were all slaves to Pharaoh. They were literally making bricks seven days a week. That was that was their life, and here's the truth: slaves don't get Sabbath. And what? So we see Exodus is very much rooted in the creation story. It says about the fact that the rhythms of 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 the patterns that God's established. Exodus is rooted in Genesis, but now we actually see um, Deuteronomy, which again has the words holy and rest and Sabbath to the Lord. It has this word observed, but then it has it's been rooted in the exodus slash slavery sort of thinking here. And it's this reminder, this is, this is where you've been. But what I love here, it says that, that God brought you out from there from by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Keep it Sabbath day. You know, I said beforehand that the Israelites, they were under the oppression of Pharaoh. They had to work, 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 work. In our age today, we don't necessarily have a physical Pharaoh. Some of you young, young people might be thinking, have you met my mum? <laughs> we don't have a physical Pharaoh. What I think in our Western world today, we've actually adopted is an internal Pharaoh. It's this internal pharaoh where it says, I'm judged by what I do, not necessarily who I am. And again, I find this challenging because I'm, I'm a doer, I'm a goer, I'm a make things happen kind of person. And if there's been a voice that I've had to silence more than anything else, it's actually been the internal pharaoh voice, which basically is saying, do more, make more bricks, make it happen. And a part of... What this is, is actually a trusting God as no, and it comes back to God I'm trusting in your mighty hands, I'm trusting in your outstretched arm and just like you freed me then, freed free the Israelites then, I'm trusting you to free me now and my heart beats that we will actually say no to the Pharaoh voice no to that sense of production, going but actually abiding in him and finding rest in him you know, God speaks to this thing like I said beforehand. He gives the example that's already been that He wants to be able to send His outstretched arm, arm to you. You know, I want to give—I want to give our uh, five truths. If you're taking notes here this morning, I'm going to give five truths about the Sabbath, and I, I'm going to fly through this because I want to actually land with some practicals for us here today. Five truths. Number one: the Sabbath is a gift. It always was a gift. It wasn't designed to be good for you. Like I said to Pete before, I asked the question, are these things that you would like? Of course you would. They're enjoyable things. When Jesus walks the earth, he, he had to correct a few things. I kind of like it how he got in the grill of quite a few of the, uh, of the religious leaders of the time because he was setting a few things straight during this time. And in Mark 2, verses 27, and it says, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Because what would happen is that the Sabbath had become this incredibly legalistic thing. like Do this. And they had literally pages of rules that would outline what you can do on a Sabbath and what you can't do on a Sabbath. And it actually it, it squashed out all of the grace. It squashed out all of the health and, all, and the actual original intentions of what God had intended it to be. And what Jesus came along, he said, guys, you've missed the point You've missed the point. My encouragement for you guys today is that it was made for man and woman. It was made for us. It's a gift for us. It's called for us to be able to embrace it like any kind of other good gift. And here's the, here's the truth. The, the Sabbath will look different for everyone. Like I said beforehand, it'll look different for a 19-year-old man, you know, man who's you know, just maybe working a few days a week and doing a bit of uni. It'll look different for them towards what a, a mum of three or four kids are, would, would look for. And it look different for them to, to what a, a professional in a, maybe like running a business or um, working with multiple staff underneath them. It'll look different for them if they're semi-retired or fully retired. The Sabbath will look different. And that's, and that's what Jesus was saying. It's, it's okay because it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing that, that where you put him first and put him in the middle. I to encourage, take any kind of legalism or pressure away. If you've got somebody coming and saying to me, oh, you're not practicing the Sabbath very well, Walk away from them. It's between you and the Lord. Number two, so the Sabbath is a gift. Number two, the Sabbath embraces your limitations. Some of you will hate this, but you've been designed with limitations. I said that God was infinite. He has no limitations. We are not. That's why he's God and we are not God. My encouragement for us to do is to actually embrace our limitations. What are your limitations? You've got limitations of an energy. Everyone here has to sleep at some point. <laughs> Even when I was that guy that used to play computer games as a sixteen-year-old and play like forty hours straight of computer games, and think oh, I would not fall asleep, I'm there on the computer. We all have limitations. We've got limitations. Uh, time is no limitation. You've only got twenty-four hours in a day. Embrace it. You've only got a certain amount of days to walk this earth. Embrace it. Resources, personalities, gifts, and abilities. We've all got limitations. But here's the thing, when we understand the limitations, we put our trust in God, the Sabbath actually becomes, number three, the Sabbath becomes an act of faith. It becomes an act of faith. Why? Because it's a position of trust that says, God, I'm believing that you're going to look after me. And it's so important that we understand that. And similar to the tithe in many ways, that in that lack of production, that lack of doing, God, I'm going to trust that you are looking after me. I'm going to trust that you are my good, good father. And that's the, that's, the, that's the power of the act of faith. And number four, the Sabbath is a day of connection. Can I tell you that on the Sabbath when I'm practicing them, I feel more connected to God, more connected to my wife, more connected to my family, more connected to my soul, more connected to creation, more connected to having fun and actually smiling than I do on any other day of the week. <laughs> but sometimes to fully connect to something, you need to put something down first. You need to disconnect from things. Number five, and here's an area of grace for us all and it's encouragement. Number five, the Sabbath will, it will often take a little longer to, sorry, the Sabbath will take you a little while to master. And not master in terms of that legalistic kind of point of view, but master in the sense of getting into that rhythm. If I was to start playing the drums right now, which trust me, you did not want that to happen. But if I was to start doing that, I would not be able to keep beat. Was, oh, Pete was on drums today. Where's Pete? Well, legend Pete is. Um, Pete was on drums today. Now, over time, he's practiced it. Over time, he can get the rhythm. If it was me, it takes some time. It's okay. Again, I'm in my, what I deem my infancy with this. It's all good, Take takes some time, but find yourself starting it and be intentional around it. And speaking of intentional, Matt, why don't you come up? I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna let you guys know what I do for my Sabbaths, um, because then I want you guys to go home and consider for yourselves, what does this look, for, look, look like for you? What are the practicals that are gonna be help for you to be able to do this? This afternoon, um, I'm gonna jump in the car with our board of directors. Um, which are uh, Ken, Ken here somewhere this morning. Yeah, Ken back there. Um, John, I saw John before beforehand, where's John Johnno, John John. is he here? No, he must, must, must be here. Um, he's he's wagging in church this morning. Um, and, and, and Becky's Beck, Beck's here this morning. And I'm gonna jump in the car with them, we're gonna head up to our Blue Mountains campus, and we're going to um, be with our Blue Mountains family up there this afternoon. But when we come home, I'm entering Sabbath. Now, unlike you guys, for most of you guys here, Sunday for me happens to be a work day. There's a day of production. There's a day of output. There's a day of work that's involved. And so I want to get home this afternoon and tonight. I'm probably going to turn into and there's, there's four principles I want you to want to, be to talk, talk about. I want you to stop. I want you to rest. I want you to, to delight, and I want you to contemplate. These, for me, are that my, my, my four cornerstones that help me to govern what I do on my Sabbath. So I'm going to get home tonight. I'm probably going to order some nice food. I might potentially have a glass of wine. I'm probably going to watch a bit of footy because that kind of speaks to my soul. <laughs> I'm probably going to find myself, sometimes on some Sunday nights, I actually go to watch a movie. I just I stop. Some of you might be thinking, in stopping and resting the same thing. I once heard Pastor Andrew actually say to me that Dan, there's a difference between stopping and resting because one involves a refueling, one involves just a stopping. If you've got no fuel left in your car, pulling over to the side of the road is not actually going to help it. You need to put fuel into the car. And the resting is the fuel going into the car. So for me, the stopping is, I'm going to watch some footy. i need not distracted. I'm just going to chill out. I'm going to sit on the lounge and veg and be with Ali and just, just hang. It'll be nice. Like I said, sometimes I go and watch a movie, and it's, it's awesome. I get up in the morning, tomorrow morning, and at the moment I am, I, I'm really enjoying going for a run. Some of you are thinking, Dan, you need prayer. <laughs> but I do, I, I enjoy it. And so I actually get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, which you think, holy smokes, what are you doing? But I do, I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, I drive down to Wollongong, because I love seeing the creation, I love seeing the crashing waves, and I meet with one of my best mates down there. His name's Damo but if you're watching today, don't you? Hello, you're getting a little mention right now. Now, He doesn't go to church, but he's good for my soul because I'm not Pastor Dan to him. I'm just Dan. And we go for a run. He's got this humour that makes me laugh real easily. And so I'm trying to run and (gasps) but then also laugh at the same time. It's not very good for you running at all. But But I enjoy it. It's good. Because I start so early, I can get home by about nine or 10 in the morning. And I find myself then being able to then look after Oliver because then Ally goes out. She has some time for herself. She enjoys herself. Some weeks she might go get her nails done or whatever you ladies do. I don't even know. I won't enter into that kind of territory. But she has some time and some space. Sometimes she just goes and gets a coffee and sits in a cafe and does nothing. And here's the thing we're stopping. We've got to fight that sense and sometimes the guilt of I'm wasting time. Can I, can I encourage you to protect yourself from that thinking? I think God actually delights in that kind of space there, and what and then what we do basically would be then at lunchtime we'll come back and we'll often have some some food together. Oliver's at home, um, Ivy's at school, and then sometimes we watch a movie. Sometimes we chill. Um, often when I'm driving to and from uh, Wollongong, I'm listening to worship. There's this element of contemplation. What well, what's contemplation? Contemplation is. Seeing the invisible God in a visible world. It's placing God in your world. And often what I'll do, I'll have worship on and I'll get home and I might read a psalm Now, i sit in it. And the idea of the stopping and resting, you sit with God. So much of our world is running and God, keep up with me, come on. But we, we, we sit with God. And so I'll spend at least half of my day looking after a two-year-old or one-and-a-half-year-old. And you think that's not relaxing at all But that, that's, that's my phase of life right now It's okay, I've still got responsibilities But I sit with him, I hang with him And I spend time with him Again, I get connected with my family My soul's breathing because of it In the afternoon I pick up Ivy from school Sometimes we'll go get a milkshake Sometimes we'll go and just hang out We'll jump on the bike together And we'll go for a quick little ride My legs are thinking, Dan you've already gone for a run today Do not do any more exercise But I'll do that kind of thing I'll then take her to swimming lessons and we'll hang out, we'll have dinner together. And then around six o'clock, this thing becomes more real to me again. I think if there's one thing that we can all do, it's probably be aware of what kind of screen time we have these days. How many times we're pressing on our screens. Now again, this is what I'm learning, that I'm getting better at. Because I'd be lying to you if, I'm, if I've been able to make this excellent. But where possible, Sunday night, I try to put my phone down and I pick it up again on Monday afternoon slash evening. At that point, I start looking at, go, okay, what's happening in the diary? What do we need to plan for? What do we get organised about? Some of you need a diary. In fact, to make this happen, some of you need to actually put Sabbath on a day. For most of you guys here, that will look like happening on a Sunday. You can come, you can be in God's presence, you can go in God's worship. You can go and find yourself spending some time with family in the afternoon. Go and do something that delights you. For you, a great question to answer is, what fills my soul? What makes me smile? What makes me breathe? And unfortunately, too many of us cannot actually answer that question. But delighting is actually what I would deem the theology of fun, the theology of making you smile. And it's healthy, it's good for you. Why, God, in Genesis chapter one and two, it, it talks about God delights in his creation. That's you guys. He wants you to delight. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to be able to smile and see life and have joy in your soul. So answer those couple of questions there, what helps you be delighted in the Lord? And like I said, that, that contemplation. And so I've got a day. And I don't necessarily hang out for the day, but I tell you what, I'm ready to go on Mondays or Tuesdays when I do these things. Now just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I look forward to Sunday nights. Not because I don't love you, don't worry. But it's because I know I'll get the time to be able to fill up again. Put there, and P.S., how expensive is petrol right now? Flipping heck. This is the cheaper filling up for you, that's for sure. This week, my hope and my courage, my, my, my challenge for us here today is let's look at the Sabbath. Let's look at making it holy. We know it's blessed. It's set apart. It's an act of worship. What things can you do in your world that's going to help you in these rhythms of grace? We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c 3 newhopecom Dot com